One of the most defining characteristics of humanity is how we build relationships, yet it's something most people struggle with. We are all striving to build better friendships, build stronger connections with our family, or create better relationships in our career. This podcast focuses on the steps we need to take and the concepts we need to understand to build more impactful relationships. Our podcast is produced by Be Fun, Be Kind Podcasts. If you want to explore podcasting yourself, check out BeFunBeKind.com to learn how to create impactful conversation through podcasting. It's also where you can learn more about our mission and even partner with us through this journey. You can find us at BeFunBeKind.com forward slash lead with relationship. We would also love if you would share this podcast with someone you know. Let's get started. Today, we are going to be talking about how storytelling can be a huge part of relationship building, especially as it relates to your career. That can be in leadership positions, that can be in marketing, that can be in running a company. We are going to be talking to Seth Erickson, who is an author, founder, CEO of the Storify Agency, where they help brands tell their best story. Seth Erickson, this is going to be a fun conversation. You've got some books coming out. I know you've got your own agency and want to get into all that. But first of all, I just want to know a little bit more about you. Tell us your story. So where to start? I guess origin story. I, for a long time, ran a design agency and we did a lot of design, won a bunch of awards. And I was getting dissatisfied with that because I went to design school and they were like, design is amazing. It changes the world. But I didn't see it actually helping push my client's business for forward or move the needle. Like they were happy with the work and they loved working with us, but I was like, yeah, but I want you to have a better life. I want the things that I do to matter in your life and improve that. And around 2015, this dissatisfaction grew and a friend of mine pointed out to me, he goes, man, you're a storyteller. That's your thing. And I was like, no, I'm a designer. I design things. And so he gave me this book called uh, Story Wars by Jonas Sachs. And the book basically started breaking down storytelling and why it was so useful. And I was like, this is fascinating. This makes a ton of sense. From there, I started going, well, I want to learn more about the storytelling thing. And I basically bought just about every book I could get my hands on on Audible. Audible was very happy with me that year. I uh, And so I just read and read and read and read. And what I started noticing was here and there, these storybooks, not all of them, but some of them, they started talking about neuroscience. And I was like, I like brain stuff. That's cool. And so then I started reading research papers on the topic and ones that were connected specifically to what happens with story. How does it affect us? What goes on in the brain and all that stuff. And so I read several hundred papers. They're all boring, but I kind of took that information and distilled it down and started going, okay, I have a better picture of what's going on. So the agency then switched from just being a design agency to more of a branding storytelling agency. And we started realizing too, that by having these different conversations, our clients were seeing us in a different light and we were able to start doing things for them that were actually causing their business to grow or to improve everything from cold email campaigns to getting more sales to anything that would move the needle financially. Once we started applying story, the, the customers, even ones that had never heard of these companies before started raising their hand and saying, yeah, I'm interested in learning more about what you have. And so that was the, the transition. It took me several years to put it all together because I think the first thing I said to that guy who said, you're a storyteller is I was like, great, how do you make money? doing that. In my mind, storytellers were directors and screenwriters in Hollywood or people who wrote books. And 
I was like, well, I'm never going to do any of that. Little did I know. That's that's how I got here. There's not really a degree in storytelling, right? You can't just go, oh, I'm going to go get a degree in storytelling. It's one of those things that you have to research and figure it out for yourself and then just start testing and applying things. That worked really well. Now I need to do this for more people. So that's how I ended up here. That's awesome. Yeah, I think storytelling and marketing go hand in hand. And if you look at brands and if you look at how we connect to brands, we're not necessarily connecting to a logo. We're not necessarily connecting to a commercial or a graphic or really even connecting to a celebrity. I think a lot of times people think they hire celebrities so we can connect (laughs) to them. But you're so right on there with the story thing. We connect to stories with brands. And really, as individual people, if you talk about branding yourself, that works for everyone, right? We all have a brand, especially in this digital ecosystem that we are in now. Every single person out there has a brand and learning how to tell your story in a succinct way, in a powerful way, is just a really cool thing to understand. And I think it's something that we could probably all do a little bit better. Yeah, I am 100% on board with you. Storytelling and marketing, they're right there (laughs) together. Yeah, what I found is that everybody knows what a story is, but they don't realize that all of us, we're all storytellers. That's just what we do naturally. And It's one of those things that we kind of overlook like breathing because we just do it and it happens and we don't think about, well, can I get better at this thing? Can I improve my skill? Can I tell a better story? Most people just tell okay stories or they tell stories in the wrong way. And it's part of my my job (laughs) is to educate people on on this and help them understand that they have a story and that they can tell it, but they need to tell it in the right way because as powerful as storytelling is, it is not a, a silver bullet, right? If you tell the wrong story to the wrong people, then your story is going to fall flat, right? If you start talking about a topic that nobody cares about and you're telling them a story that they don't relate to that topic, then they're just going to nod their head and say, oh, okay, thanks. But if you can tell it in the right way, you can even bypass that. It's just really understanding the mechanics, the what's in the recipe, how does it all work together, and then applying it effectively. Yeah, so what is a good storytelling exercise? Does anything come to mind as something that we could pass along to I don't know the people we're around or pass along to ourselves just to understand better as an exercise we could implement in our own life? Yeah. Anything come to mind? Oh, yeah, definitely. So the quickest, one of the easiest stories that you can tell is problem solution, where most people try to put the solution first. It's order of operations, right? You got to start with the problem and then you work towards the solution. So that's a very simplistic view of storytelling. The most popular formula or format or pattern for storytelling is to understand the hero's journey, understand the ups and the downs and how you as the company are really the mentor that steps in and says, I understand this problem and I'm going to help you, the customer, as the hero, overcome that problem. Most companies flip it around and they try to be the hero. You see this all the time. If it was different, there wouldn't be anything to say about that. (laughs) Using the hero's journey, understanding the conflict between the hero and the villain, right? The villain is the problem in the customer's life. Understanding what kind of transformation the, the hero is looking for to overcome the villain or the problem. Understanding how they feel in that situation, because it's not just what they think, it's also what they feel and what's happening to them. Positioning yourself, like I said, as the mentor that 
understands the problem at a deep level because you're an expert. So understanding the problem at a deep level and explaining to your customer that you understand that problem at a deep level, and then painting a picture for them to say, if you work with me or you go with my solution, your life could look like this as opposed to something else. One of the big things is understanding what type of mentor you are, right? Obi-Wan Kenobi is a very different type of mentor. He's more stoic in his older age compared to Yoda in his older age, and he's cantankerous and a little wily. And and so understanding what kind of mentor you are also helps your communication and what kind of experience you create for people. So those are just some of the ingredients that you can put into a story and, and kind of apply it right now just by sitting down and thinking about these things and going, okay, what kind of story do I want to tell? That's a good point. I think also something that maybe we don't connect right off the bat is that this is all relationship development as well. And I think if you are in the marketing space, you maybe understand that. But if you're not specifically in the marketing space, you are building relationship journey all through the process with your customer. And if, again, going back to relating this to the normal person, if you are building a persona, if you're building a community online or just building a following in general, you have to build a relationship with the people that you are coming to. And to do that, storytelling is or should be or can be a huge part of that. So the hero's journey that you said, I think, is an excellent way to think through how to get that message across in a way that motivates the person that you're talking to to get involved with what you're doing, to take action on what you're doing. One of the things that I think is important to add on to what you just said is you need emotion. If you don't have any emotion, if people don't feel any way about the story you're telling, then they're not going to take action. They're just going to be like, okay, whatever, right? They have to feel something to take action. There's an example that I talk about in the book about a neuroscientist who had a patient who had a damaged amygdala. And because his amygdala was damaged, he was not able to make decisions. He would literally go to the store and stand in the milk section for 30 minutes because he didn't feel one way or the other about products and he couldn't make a decision because of that. And so I just wanted to add, add that little piece on there that your story should have some level of emotion to it. It doesn't have to be hypey and super negative and crazy and everything, but it does need enough to get people to take that action. Yeah, absolutely. Emotions definitely have to be involved. And that actually is a good segue into what I wanted to talk about next, which is the storytelling visual experience. And I think you could maybe approach that more than one way. Obviously, if you have a visual being on TV, if this is a commercial or you're putting something out on Instagram, Mm -hmm. there could very much be an actual visual element to the story that you're creating. But in podcasting, which is what we're doing right now, it's (laughs) it's audio-based. A lot of times when you're just having a conversation with people, it, it is not an actual visual element. But I think there's still a lot to be said for a storytelling visual experience. And I would love to just understand how you would come about that crafting that visual in people's mind and and helping them get on board with the emotions that you want people to develop from a a visual perspective. Yeah. Visually speaking, people say things like a picture's worth a thousand words. And if you can connect the visuals to an idea or an emotion, then that kind of triggers, will will trigger that emotion. It was funny. I was talking with, with another gentleman and he said, how would you do this for a gas station? And 
I said, you have to think about what, what emotions people have that are attached to gas stations. And he was like, what? It's just gas. And I said, were you, did you ever grow up in a household where you got to take the car out for the first time? What did your parents tell you? Don't bring the gas tank back empty. So now we're connecting that, that memory to that basic idea. But that would be something that you could turn into a commercial, right? That would be something that you could use a, a visual medium for. Having pictures of people experiencing emotions is another way to trigger emotions. It's one of the things that, that happens in our brain. We have these synapses that, that basically allow us to have empathy, although not everybody uses that, but they do exist. So if you see somebody hurt, crying, sad, happy, our brain sees that and recognizes it in the visual sense. And that's another way to tie that emotional piece in there. That's a good point. I wonder if there's a specific emotion that does better than others. I don't know. I have some stand-up comedy people in my life, and they have said as part of their craft, they use a lot of awkward-based emotions. Everyone does something different. It could have just been this particular person, but they said that was a big part of their storytelling experiences that people can really relate to just awkward moments in their life. A lot of people respond really powerfully to confrontation and they use that. And so I'm curious in what you do and from a marketing perspective (laughs) and from a relationship building perspective, actually, are there certain emotions that you think really go deeper in connecting with people than others? I think, like you said, I think humor is really important. I think in business, it makes companies stand out because some people use humor, but very few do look at any email that you get, like hardly anybody says anything funny in there. Right. And so you can use humor to stand out. Like I said before, you can use to, to say, I get what you're going through. and I understand you, right. That is an emotion that you can use to, to connect with people. But in general, stories are just easy to digest and easy to understand and get to the point. And so that helps you connect if you're do again, if you're doing it in the right way. But yeah, I think there's, a lot of different emotions that work and it's if you could just trigger any of them which most advertising like there are good ads and there are good emails and there's good marketing here and there but there's not a lot of it that really stands out because it doesn't trigger that emotion it's just i've already seen this before emotions aren't triggered right like i've seen this concept over and over again it's or i've heard businesses talk to me this way over and over again and so there's nothing that's going on there. But yeah, humor to me is a big one. It makes people smile, makes them feel good. And then they attach that feeling to your brand or your company, as opposed to the the boring, dear sir, madam kind of <laughs> corporate speak. So yeah, there was a commercial a few years ago. I don't remember how long it's been, maybe, maybe four or five years ago that came out. Coke did the commercial. It was this guy riding in a bus or a subway. I think it was a subway. He was riding in a subway, and apparently they had hired someone that had just a really contagious laugh. And this guy <laughs> is acting, of course. He's pretending he's looking at something on his phone and just starts laughing and just can't stop laughing. And the people around him in his immediate 
vicinity start laughing and they can't stop laughing because that guy was laughing. And then the people around them start laughing because it was just a illustration of what you just described, how contagious laughter is and how contagious smiling and how contagious humor is. After a little bit, when the bus stopped or when the subway stopped, everyone was laughing in a good mood and they're connecting and relating to each other. And that was Coke. So uh, they're all about experience. Yeah. Yeah. Coke quite often is invoking that those positive feelings around community friends, family, like a lot of their advertising kind of focuses on that, whereas Pepsi kind of juxtaposes and is very like youth oriented. They're like, we're the cool, you know, kids. We got this thing and that thing going on. But Coke is always reminding people like, have a Coke with your friend, have a Coke at your Christmas party. The world's a better place when we're all together and happy and and enjoying (laughs) Coca-Cola. Right. Yeah. The sugar-free option though, probably. (laughs) They say sugar's bad for you. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows about well, that stuff? Yeah, I, th- I think it just depends on your maybe your metabolism or where you are in life. That's so true. Absolutely. And actually, you mentioned something in your book that is also a neat illustration of this. You're talking about someone is listening to a commercial. I don't remember which one it is. Someone's listening to a commercial, and at the end of it, they said, I hated that commercial. That was the worst commercial. And then you <laughs> asked them what the commercial was about, and they told you immediately who it was. And that was a cool illustration of, I don't know if hate would be the emotion there or not, but sort of disgust or frustration at the commercial. That can even be an emotion that sticks with people and that they remember. Yeah. 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 Emotion is what helps push things into long-term memory as well, besides just the action-taking component. So yeah, they turned to me and said, that was the dumbest commercial I've ever seen. And I said, what was the name of the company? And they said, Workday. And I said, exactly. Like, this is exactly what I've been talking about. And it's like the old adage, was it something like even negative uh, press is still good press, right? Because people remember that and and smart marketers will, will use that to spend that for in their favor. So yeah, emotions are incredibly powerful is I think the gist of all that. Yeah, no, that's a good illustration as well. Even bad advertisement can still work in your favor. And I don't know, don't quote me verbatim on this because it has been a while since I've heard this. And I don't even know the specifics about specifics of it but there was some sort of local election where this guy had just gotten out of prison and he decided that he was going to run for whatever the local office was had zero publicity but no one else had any publicity either apparently but whatever this guy had done to get in prison he had gotten some publicity for that and so people had his name on their mind they didn't know how they didn't know how or where they remembered him from and he won the election because he, even though his <laughs> even though his publicity was negative he had some publicity versus the other people not having any yeah speaking of bad advertising i'm sure you've seen the bad lawyer ads like the texas hammer and stuff and they're like the cheesiest ads ever or the eagle or I can't. So there's actually these two guys that help make those commercials and they've made them for a bunch of people all over the country. When people see them, they're like, that is so stupid. I, I should totally hire that guy. It's like, <laughs> how does that work? But yeah, they're just over the top. They're cheesy. They are designed to invoke an emotion in people. And it's either, yeah, it's either laugh, laughter or they think it's serious, but really it's a parody of what a lawyer would normally do. So it stands out. In, in its difference and the way that they tell that story. That's a good point. Yeah, no, e- emotions are emotions are really powerful ways that we relate and connect to each other. I think that a lot of us underestimate the power of, of just what 
communicating through emotions can do. So that is all an excellent point. Something else I wanted to talk about, and this is an extension maybe Mm -hmm. of storytelling and marketing a bit. I want to connect the dots to storytelling and leadership just a bit because we have a lot of people that tune in from a leadership perspective on this. And I think there is something there for that. I think there's something to be said there just because, again, it's, it's about relationship building. And from a personal standpoint, we've talked a lot about corporate marketing and and branding from that perspective. I want to hone in a little bit on the individual aspects of this and from a leadership perspective, how you can use storytelling in your favor. And so from a personal perspective, is there anything specific or anything that, that you've noticed incorporated storytelling either in their personal brand or from a leadership perspective? Yeah, there definitely is. So to answer that, the, this actually branches off into another area that I think you you would find interesting. But the key with telling a personal story, besides the other elements that I mentioned in there, is really to say at the end of it, have a, and this is what I learned, right? You have to be Prometheus bringing fire, right? You're like, I went through this experience and, and here's what I gained. Here's what I'm going to teach you. Here, here's how I'm going to help you. Here's how I'm going to educate you, make your life better because I went through this experience. But lots of times people just tell the story about themselves and then that's the end of the story. Like this thing happened, that thing happened, this other thing happened, and now here we are. And that's that's not really, it doesn't really benefit anybody in, in, in that. It's like I can learn some fact about you, right? You're this old, you've been in business this long whatnot. But so even in like when people have like about pages on their website, I'm always like, yeah, make it about the customer. Like I did all these things so that I could help you. That's how I look at at that. And in leadership, having a strong vision is a story. This is where we're going, everybody. This is what we're striving towards. That it's a future state that we're all working towards, but that is a story that you would tell inside of your organization to help people move forward and know what they should be doing every day. Story is just steeped into everything. It's like, where do we start with this conversation? I'm sure you've noticed that people that can hold um, an audience's attention are good storytellers, right? Comedians tell stories and they hold the audience's attention. They're waiting for that punchline. They're waiting for that aha moment, that thing that's gonna make everybody laugh. And I think strong leaders who develop that skill can connect with their employees, they can, um, build them up through storytelling. They can, by casting, you know, a vision that inspires people. Yeah, I, I see a lot of what, what leaders can do with storytelling and how they use it to be very positive and, and very useful for motivating your team and the people that you work When you said incorporating lessons learned from the story, especially if it is a personal story, I think vulnerability can be a powerful thing in there yes. as well. And that may be what you were, allu- were alluding to. I think that can be super powerful in connecting with people. And one, again, the relationship building process, which is, is really what a lot of us are set out to do in in branding and, and, and marketing in general is, is building mm-hmm. relationship to some degree. I think a lot of people maybe either don't connect the dots on the vulnerability or maybe struggle with it. I think mm-hmm. it's something people can just struggle with in general. Yeah, to be authentic, you have to be you have to be your true self and none of us are perfect, right? Like we've all made a million mistakes. I've talked to the team and I said sometimes I just feel like I'm failing uphill. <laughs> like I I I've done the wrong thing and succeeded. I've done the r- right thing and failed and and I'm trying to learn to get better and and I'll 
t sit down and talk with the team and say, I thought this was the right play. It was a bad play. <laughs> I messed up. I made a mistake. And as a leader, like owning that and um, showed that you don't see yourself as perfect and that you also make mistakes and that you're also human. And that's relatable, like you said, to what you're doing. And, and that, and so I think the vulnerability has to be kept in balance a little bit because like some people have had some really bad things happen in their life. Like you maybe don't want to go all the way into the soft underbelly of I was abused as a child and all this stuff, but maybe that works for you and the audience that you're working with. But I think that it's just, if you're going to be authentic, then you have to talk about the good and the bad and the facts of life. <laughs> so Actually, I think as an example of that, I think I've seen some companies come out and I don't know, something happened, PR blunder to some degree, and they were really vulnerable. And they came out and said, hey, you know, we messed up. This is what happened. Here's how we're fixing it. And here's how we want to relate to you and bring you in the story and, and listen to you and how we go further and, and help fix it. I think there's probably a, a, I don't know, a dozen examples of that that mm -hmm. people that have really used that, they've come out really well. Jack in the Box had a, I think they had an E. coli outbreak in their burgers, like in the 90s. And actually more recently, we've had Chipotle had the same kind of problem where they were, it was either E. coli or something got into their food and they came back and they said, okay, we're gonna change our procedures because this is creating a problem. It's making people sick. We don't obviously wanna make people sick. And so here's how we're gonna change our food prep procedures. Here's how we're gonna change our food storage procedures. This is how we, we are going to rectify the problem. Instead of just doing what some companies do, which is just gushing and apologizing and saying, oh, we're sorry, we're sorry. They said, no, this is the action we're taking. We're doing something about this. Or what other companies do, which is they just act like it's not a problem. They don't put say anything about it until there's enough backlash that their feet are finally held to the fire. I think it was very proactive. And Jack in the Box also came back and said, yeah, we're going to change the way that we're doing food handling. And... And then they put out a bunch of really funny jack-in-the-box commercials. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's. I think it goes into personal responsibility. There's not many people who do that or take responsibility for their mistakes these days. And there seems like there's not as many companies. Like you said, there's maybe a dozen. How many other things have just been ignored? Eh, it'll be fine. Yeah. And I think that's a growth area for all of us to <laughs> some degree. I think we can all do better in that area. That's a good point. So, Seth, I do want to get into your book a little bit and mm -hmm. your agency as well, Storify Agency. So take just a bit and, and kind of talk about both of those and what the book's about, how it relates into everything. Yeah, the book is, it's interesting. I think you've gotten a, a taste of it, but it's really set up in three chapters um, or three chapters, three acts, because I'm a big movie fanatic. And so a lot of what I did with my book was actually inspired by my love of movies. So the first act is really understanding the neuroscience and some psychology of why story matters, how it affects us. And I started with that because I didn't want people to just be like, oh, this is another business book about this guy's opinion. He thinks stories are cool because he's a storyteller. And I'm like, no, let's go with the science so that it's not just me saying a bunch of stuff and you going, okay. The second part then starts to dive into, okay, so you get it, that story is really powerful. It affects human beings. How do we tell a good story? What are the ingredients, right? Like, how do we, how do you go do that? And I give lots of examples on that. And then the third act is actually putting that into practice. Like how can I start applying this to my business, 
right? Like I've read a bunch of business books where they talk about a lot of theory. And then at the end, it's like, you have to buy my program, my course, you have to hire me to get, get my insights. And I just go through and I talk about, here's how you write an email. Here's how you put copy together. Here's how you do this, do that. Here's how you tell, you know, a story, right? I try give people enough information that they're like, oh, I can go do this tomorrow. One of the other interesting things about the book is that the book has a soundtrack. Every chapter has a song that goes with it. And that song either is has the same message as the chapter or it captures the feel of the chapter. And that is linked to a playlist on Spotify and YouTube. So you can listen to the playlist while you read the book because the playlist is about as long as the book is, or you can listen to it at another time and go, oh, that's that song from that chapter or whatever. And I've had different people do it different ways. So there's a kind of a fun tidbit about the book that I've never heard anybody else do. <laughs> so That is interesting. Now, I've never heard that done before. That is really intriguing, though, because I have thought just very recently, obviously, with podcasting, you're involved with a little bit of music from the intros and outros and a supportive aspect. And I've had some episodes recently that the normal music that I would use, I was just stepping back and saying, you know what? This just does not fit this conversation. <laughs> and so to that point, it, it really can make a difference, the the music that you use. That's cool. That is exciting. Now I'm looking forward to reading it as well when it comes out. I was already looking forward to it. And now I'm even more excited to look into it. And I've already read a little bit of it. I know I got a pre-release a little bit. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, how can we get the book? How can our listeners either contact you or contact your agency or get involved, follow you maybe, or buy the book or kind of what's a good path for that? Yeah. So if you'd like to check out the book, it's available on Amazon. It's uh, available as a pre-order right now, but I think this podcast will probably come out after that. So you can get it in Kindle, paperback, and hardcover. If you'd like to engage me or my team, you can go to storifyagency.com. That's S-T-O-R-I-F-Y agency.com. And for listeners of the show, if you go to Be Fun, there's the first chapter is available so that you guys can download it for free and check it out and see if it's your cup of tea or not. That's awesome. Appreciate you doing that. Definitely encourage people to go check that out. This has just been a cool conversation. I enjoy talking about this just in general, but really have enjoyed talking about it from this perspective. So thank you so much for coming on, Seth. I enjoyed it very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something from this episode you can actually apply to your life. If you did, please consider sharing this with someone. Our goal is simply to help people be more impactful in how they build relationships in the different areas of their life. The only way we can get that message to more people is with your help. Also, if you've been thinking about starting your own podcast or you know someone who you think should have their own podcast, check out Be Fun, Be Kind podcast. There is some great content on the website that walks you through starting and growing a podcast as well as a great community of podcasters. That website is just BeFunBeKind.com. That's also where our podcast is hosted and produced. So you can learn more about our mission at BeFunBeKind.com forward slash lead with relationship. Don't forget to subscribe so you get all of our latest content and I'll see you on the next episode.